We're going to jump into Jonah. And uh, we're, we're really, because you think of a story like this and you're thinking it really doesn't apply to me. Uh, there's so much application. And I think sometimes we stay away from the Old Testament thinking that's Old Testament, it's history, it's all these things. But there's so many cool things. Uh, last week, we talked about the, dealing with the emotion of fear. Jonah was told by God to do something, and he was just overwhelmed with fear. There's just no way uh, he was fearful that he couldn't do it. He was fearful of how they would respond. And fear does some funny things for you. It makes you run in the wrong direction. Uh, if you're fearful, if, if, if God put it on your heart to give your testimony, and, and you're, you're going you're gonna to run from anybody that's going to come to talk to you because I'm not going to get on that stage. I'm not going to get in front of a camera. I'm not going to be in front of that class. And fear will often take you down the wrong direction. And that's what he did. He found a boat, like, and we, we put a map in our, uh, in our thing last week of just like, where did he go? As far as possible. And a lot of times people get out of, um, out of the will of God and run in the wrong direction because they're running in fear. Uh, he hit bottom, and, and all these crazy things are happening during this time. Uh, and then God, the Bible says that the, God prepared a storm. The Bible says that. And God will use things to grab our attention and do things to get us back on track. That's just how God works. And this intense storm came towards them, and uh, he's on this ship, and they're asking him who he was and all this stuff. And then they come to find out, I serve the Most High God. And they're like, then why are you running? What are you doing? And it just... It just threw him everything off in his life. And so I just, I want to get into a, a discussion because we're about to get into Joan and the whale. And I promise you, if you went to church when you were three, you heard this story. Okay, this is just one of those cliche stories. But I, I, I don't think we stop and ask the question all the time of the why. I, and we're going to get into it. I want to just uh, explain some of this. But he, he was in the belly of the whale for three days, you know, asking the question, why, what was God doing? And the reason why I'm asking this, because if it's just an entertaining story that we tell about this big fish, then, then all of a sudden it becomes almost like a fairy tale about, you know, like we would see something on the Disney Channel or something. And I, and I, I want for us as Christians to know, what is the reason for it? So let me just ask you, there's no wrong answer. So, well, maybe there would be. I'll tell you if there is. Uh, but it, just why, why what, from your perspective, uh, what was the reason? What was God doing with the purpose of the whale? Right, where it stopped him. That's one thing. It stopped him in his tracks. You're not, you're not going to run anymore. Absolutely. God said, you're my man, and I'm in control of the weather. I'm in control of the fish. It was, he, that was his, the whale, I don't know what his name was, but it was his Uber driver. That's what all that was, you know. So it was like, it was the first submarine before they had submarines. That's, that's what he experienced in that. So that is great. God, put, God used it to put him back on track. That's for sure. But it's, it's amazing how God will use things in the, the most unexpected ways to change you. And that's the biggest thing that I want to pull out of this today, because, man, fear will mess you up. Running from God will mess you up. Getting away from the things that God has you to do will mess you up. But God has a way of showing his grace to get us back on track. All right, so let's go back to chapter 1, verse 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging, from her raging, and the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. And the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So let's just pause and pray and uh, just go before God because I, I don't want to tell stories. I don't want to do this. I really want to get application. I want to learn what, what, what God wants us to learn from this and make uh, changes in our lives. So let's pray. 
God, we just thank you for your goodness, and Lord, just uh, the things that you did in my life today and continue to do. God, I thank you, Lord, for um, the ones that came out for Bible study, Lord, and we just want to sit down with you, have you speak to our hearts and our minds, Lord, as we dig into your word. Uh, just, Lord, teach us. Lord, help us to understand exactly what was going on uh, in, in the heart and mind of this great man of God that like, just got off track. And Lord, help us to understand that we're no better. Lord, oftentimes we, um, we run, but it might not be fear. It might be sin. It might be, uh, Lord, just apathy or whatever it might be. But Lord, we all struggle. And Lord, just help us to learn lessons from this man of God. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, before this happened, I'm going to just tell you, Jonah was prepared to die. I mean, he was, when he said to them, and the sea was raging so bad that they, they literally were saying, the gods are after us. And I mean, this wasn't just a normal. So Jonah was at a place of coming before them saying, throw me overboard. He wasn't like, and I will swim the shore. Jonah was at a place of like, I'm about to die. I'm about to die. And, and so in a lot of ways, the whale was the grace of God. And the grace of God steps into our life to save us and do things in sometimes uncomfortable ways. And so I, I, I think there's a lot of things to learn from this. The sea was raging so much that it almost broke the ship. Uh, it's not something that you swim out of this. And Jonah is describing this entire experience. And some of these things, and I'll point it out, uh, is, is we just don't always get into this story. We say Jonah was swallowed by the whale in the well for three days, and then he spit him out, and you know, and then then he ran and, and did the job. And so, but let let's hear his heart as Jonah is being described and all these things about being thrown overboard, and see exactly what's going through his heart and mind. In Jonah chapter two verse three, for thou hast come to me, for thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the sea. And the floods come past me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. So you can imagine, this is a desperate situation. And, and I know that when he was cast overboard, that the Bible says that the sea calmed. So I'm not saying that it was anything like it was, but I do know that it was still in the middle of the sea, and he's describing what he was going. But there was no more running at this point whatsoever. He couldn't talk his way out of it. There was no changing the situation. And that's why I was like talking about this is just when you feel stuck in life. And, and I think a lot of people have gotten to the point where they feel stuck in life. Jo Jonah is describing this. This is how he feels. And listen to his heart of desperation. Listen to his heart as he describes this. And then it says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord God out of the fish's belly. Can anybody tell me why that is such an interesting passage right there? Can anybody tell me? Oh, besides the obvious that he was in the belly of a fish, okay? That's, uh, that, that part's pretty cool in and of itself. But can anybody else tell me what's so unique about that? Just curious if anybody picks up on it. No, not there yet. Oh, then Jonah prayed unto God out of the belly of the fish. It's the first time he prayed. It's the first time he prayed. I mean... Storm, running from God. I don't want to do this. I'm scared. Storm, like throw me overboard. I would have, I, I'll tell you what. Now we say this, and maybe we would have. When I was on that ship and they were going to throw me overboard, I would have been like, man, before you do, can we bow our heads and pray? You know, like, <laughs> like if there's ever a need for God. But when you're running from God, when you are not doing right for whatever the situation is, 
our hearts are not in the place of wanting to pray. And I can tell you, if you, if you know, like, I don't, you don't know my heart. You don't know if I'm right with God. One thing that I can tell you that a lot of times when you're not right with God, you don't bow the knee. You, you, you have this distance between you and God. So here's a description. One thing that I can point, he was absolutely miserable. This is the, him being described as being swallowed by the whale, but also the struggle that came from him just being thrown overboard. And, and let me tell you, when you run from God, God will let you be miserable. God's okay with you being miserable. God will make your life uncomfortable. And there's a lot of stories in the Bible that I could, you know, I thought wrote down illustrations of this, but uh, he, God will let you hit bottom. And you, you think, what does it feel like to run from God in this way? And to, you make a mess of your life. God's trying to get you, uh, get your attention and make you realize that you can't do things your own way. And God steps in and he doesn't make things just go away. And I think about the prodigal son. When did, when did the prodigal son rise up and say, I don't have to be this way? Where was he at? In the pig pen. What was he eating? Pig the pig slop. It's like, and, and, and God, he, God could have like, hey, you don't have to live this way back when he was spending his money, whatever. But sometimes when our heart's not right, it's, and I put this in your notes, it's, not, it's God's heart is about changing your heart, not just your circumstance. And sometimes you're just not ready yet. And I, I think for Jonah, it, it takes some hard lessons. And, and I, I've, I've shared you, with you guys uh, this. I, a lot of things that we're on, God works through the journey. When I was talking about Abraham and Isaac a couple weeks ago in church, God literally said, I'm, I'm going to have you do a hard thing. Okay, how am I going to do it? He goes, on that mountain three-day trip. Oh, man, What? And because God works through the journey, God works through the difficulty, the strain, the struggles. God works through all these things. Like the prodigal son, he did his own thing, living in a pig pen, but because he kept thinking, I've got this, I've got this, I'll try this, I'll do this, till he spent all, ended up uh, like literally at the bottom as you can get, because he's feeding pigs and their culture, they, they stayed away from pigs. So he hit bottom in a big way. And then the Bible said he came to himself. And when the prodigal son came back to, to his father, how did he come back? Like, hey, dad, give me my, you know, how did he come back? He came back running and humble and he fell on his face and he said his request to his dad was what? Make me a servant. I'll tell you what, does that sound anything like the guy that left the house? Not at all. I mean, actually, when he left this house, he was asking for part of his inheritance. You know when you got the inheritance? You know when you got the blessing in the Bible? When they died. It was almost like saying to his dad, I wish you were dead. I just want your stuff. I don't want you. I don't want your relationship. I don't want the... I mean, it was such a, it was such a big deal. And so a lot of these things, it's, it's God's, God's about going to keep you in the mess and keep you in the ministry because God's trying to change you, not your circumstance. This is where Jonah is at in this passage. And we can see that God was at work. He said in these, this passage, he said, I cried by reason of my affliction. Affliction literally means anguish, distress, tribulation, trouble. Out of the belly of hell, I cried, he'd explain it. A place of torture, a place of I'd rather be dead right now. He felt that it could not get any worse, that this was the end, that it was over. He, 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 he cried about my affliction. Literally, he was, you know, talking about he cried unto God, literally, putting the blame on himself instead of everybody else. Let me tell you, when you're blaming everybody else for your situation and you're not blaming yourself or taking the credit for yourself, then, then you're not there yet. 
And we, and we deal with people all the time. I'm sure you deal with family and friends and things like that. And they have somebody to blame. And, and that's what God's waiting for. It's like I, him say, I, I went too far, Lord. I, I did this. I'm miserable. I made the mess of my life. I'm not going to say that any of us, no, I'm going to say this. None of you have been in the belly of a whale, okay? I'm just, I think that's a safe statement to say. None of us have been in the belly of a whale. And if you have, come see me after class. I'd love to hear your story. Uh, and you should write a book. Uh, but we do know what it's like to be miserable. We do know what it's like to get away from God. We do know what that's like when we make a mess of our life. And sometimes some of you might have that story of, I lived 20 years on the street of drug addiction and alcohol. Okay. And some people is just like, when I was a teenager, I ran from God and I got a church, whatever it is. But we know anytime we step little or big, what it's like to step away from God and to make a mess of your life. Some people, it's an addiction, or some people, it's just dating the wrong person. You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, I know people just like, I shouldn't be dating this person. I'm not doing the right things. I'm not dating the right way. I shouldn't be there. Maybe it's a, you step into a bad habit, and you're miserable. It affects you. Uh, and just whatever it is, but then it describes him being thrown into the sea. We're talking about his misery, okay? For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas. The floods come past me about all the billows and the waves passed over me. What we're doing is we're studying some of the passages that a lot of people overlook, but they're in here for a reason. So Jonah went and preached the gospel. Let me show you how God changed his heart to preach the gospel. He was miserable, but I'm telling you, he was overwhelmed. He literally cries out to God that I'm drowning. Have, have any of you ever came close to drowning before? Raise your hand right now. Okay, so, wow, that's a lot of stories. I've, I've told you guys my story about almost drowning one time. And um, I was in a boat, thought I could swim to shore. It was cold. I didn't realize it. I got out, and the boat wouldn't start. We just told my brother. We said, we'll just swim to shore. He said, well, take your life preservers. I'm like, I'm not a baby. I don't need a life preserver. And then on the way there, we just got flat, worn out. And in a boat, the shore looks so much closer than it is until you're swimming. And me and Dave literally were like saying our goodbyes. And I know I've told you guys this story. We were in the middle of it. We were saying our goodbyes. I said, Dave, I, have, I can't swim anymore. And we were do, even doing the thing where we were like hold our breath and go under just to relax our muscles. And then we'd come back up and we were on our back. And we were like doing this, trying, trying to keep our faith. Because we were just, and the water was cold, but we didn't realize how cold it was till you're in the water. And cold water has an effect on your breathing. It just, it kind of takes your breath away. And just like, whatever. And, and I, 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 we were saying our goodbye. We were like talking in a weird way. Like, not, you know, just like, it was creepy and weird. And then all of a sudden we heard the boat start. My brother got the boat started and he came and got us. And I can tell you in those moments, if you're out in the middle of water, there is nothing, nothing you can do. You're swimming in a pool, you can touch bottom, you can get to the side or whatever. So I think of this when he says that literally, I'm, Lord, I'm drowning in all of my strength, I can't get out. I have nothing to hold on to. The floods come past me. It, 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 this, this just won't quit. Uh, he's out of the boat. He's away from the shore. He's, he said, Lord, I'm sinking. I'm sinking fast. And he said in verse five, the waters can pass about me, even to the soul. The depth closed round about me. The weeds were wrapped up around my head. I'm going down. I can't stop. This is a terrible feeling. I mean, I, I, I don't even, I can't, I don't think we could, sometimes when you're watching a movie, you know, and you, you see a scene like this and you're just sitting there, I could do that. And you're just shoving your face full of popcorn and you're just like, you're like, 
I wouldn't be so cold. I'd go kill that deer and I'd be fine. You know, like you're just thinking like until you're there and you're realizing how cold it is and how exhausted you're, you know, I'm saying it's a totally different situation. And, and he's just like the depth closed around about me, the weeds wrapped around about me, I'm going down. But look, notice what he said about how he felt alone. He said in verse four, he said, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Now that right there, I think is one of the scariest parts of this whole description. It's literally, God, you, you, I don't even know if you hear me. Did I run so far that you're not even with me? This is his heart. I am alone. God has turned his back on me. And I think sometimes when we run from God and we do the wrong things and we cross the line and think, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I should go back. But then you cross another, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, we know the whole cliche statement, sin will, sin will take you further than you want to go. You just don't realize how off track that you get. But I think he got to a point where he was literally thinking, I, I've messed up so bad this time that, man, I could not make things any worse. Asking the question within himself, does God even care about me? Does he even hear my prayer? I got myself in this situation. God was giving me an opportunity and I messed it up. I'm telling you, this goes deeper than just feeling frustrated or tired, but to feel forsaken by God. Um, let me just ask you guys, and you guys be honest with me. Have you ever prayed and you felt like God was not listening? I can tell you I've prayed that way. Where you just, it is, it's an empty, hollow feeling. And our, and our hearts were tell us, yes, God always hears. But when you feel like sometimes you're so far away from God that it's just, you're just like talking to the wall, it, that is a, the worst feeling in all the world. And I just think of, when the Bible describes hell of what that is like, I can't even imagine. That's why, that's why he was saying, I feel like I'm in hell. Um, I, in, in, I, I, know, I know people that have struggled in, in marriages and struggle with hidden sin and struggle with addictions and things like that. And they just say, I feel so overwhelmed. I'll never get out of this. Jonah was broken. But I'm going to tell you, this description is he was broken to the core. Verse 5, the waters can pass about me, even to the soul. Now, what comes to your mind when somebody says, I'm overwhelmed, but even to the soul? What, what, what do you think the description of that is? Man, this is, this is my inner hope. Everything in me. Because, I mean, sometimes when you push and you push, I'm like, man, I'm going to get this, but I'm so tired, but I'm going to push and push. But something inside of them was just like, man, I'm just going to give up, even to the soul. It's, it's, it goes so deep. The water, the death closed about me. The weeds wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountain, the earth, where her bars uh, were about me forever, feeling trapped. He was miserable. And then notice this, he, how defeated he felt. Um, verse 7. And I, and I know it's like, man, you, I didn't know all this was in here because a lot of times we don't, when we tell the story, we skip this stuff. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came in unto thee, and into thy holy temple. He said, when I got to the point of literally, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. Well, let me tell you, all this was intentional. And I know we started this way. That's what we were talking about. Like that God will let you fall on your face. God will let you run so far until you do that. And, and I know being a pastor, the problem is I talk to so many people that you guys have heard every story of ever, you know, everything that I've gone through. So um, I, I remember when my kids were little, and how I was like, we were walking into Walmart. It was the one in uh, Reynoldsburg. And I, I remember this so vividly. And the parking lot was a mess. You could tell that they tried to salt. They tried to do all that, but it was cold and things. And I'm like, dad, I've got it. Dad, I've got it. And 
And I'm like, no, hold on to my hand. You're going to fall. I, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to, you know, like, whatever. And I'm like, fine, go ahead. You know, like, I didn't do it in a mean way. I love my kids. Uh, <laughs> but it was one of the boys, and they're just walking ahead of me, and I'm like, okay. And then right on their face, oh, and they're crying, and then I go and pick them up and said, I told you so. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I thought it. Uh, but the idea is, you know, God wants us to learn, you need me. And sometimes you don't realize you need me until we fall on our faces like this. And like I said, God prepared this fish, and if the fish had a name, it would be grace. And I know he wasn't, he didn't break out in amazing grace when the fish swallowed him. He wasn't like, God provides, because sometimes God provides in a way you would not do it. But it was grace, because think about this. If you had the idea that God was just going to take you out, the Bible would have said God created a great shark. <laughs> think about it. That's not what happened. God didn't prepare something to take him out. And we all know the story. We all know what we're teaching. We all know what the point of this is, that God is a God of second chances. Even when we mess up, because God could have easily in his sovereignty just said, okay, Joni, I'm done with you, and I'm going to go over here and get so-and-so and have him do this. But God is a God of second chances. God prepared a great fish. But looking back, I want to point out one more thing here. And, and I know I kind of alluded to this. Then Jonah prayed, in verse 1, prayed, out, prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. He's looking up, and I'm telling you, and I brought this up, and I did it prematurely, but if you notice that he never prayed to God in the storm, he never prayed when he was running, he never prayed when he was afraid. He was being, he, rather than praying, he was willing to be thrown overboard because he was not yet broken. And that's what God does. And sometimes some of you are praying for your kids and praying for people and you're saying they're not running back. Boy, it hurts to say this, but maybe they're just not broken yet. And until they're broken and that comes in different ways and different things, they're just going, they're not going to learn their lessons. Yes, he was scared. Yes, he was concerned. All these things. Uh, even the crazy thing is when, um, oh, let, let, me, let me get there. I'm going to get ahead of it. So Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the belly of fish and cried by reason of my affliction to the Lord. And the Lord heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I. It hurt us my voice. He was miserable. He was overwhelmed. He felt alone. He was defeated. He said, when my soul fainted within me and, and um, he, he just was hitting bottom, uh, nothing was working out on this. But the question is, what turned everything around? How do you go, and the whole point of this, how do you go from running to revival? That's, that's the question. That's the whole point of this series that we're doing. How does God transition this? But it goes into uh, that he prayed. But the, the thing is, I pointed this out last week when we started this series. When he was with the guys, and this is so important. I want you guys to get this. Chapter 1, verse 9. When he was with the guys on top of the ship, and he said it to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which made the, the sea and the dry land. Now, now, the thing is, you can know the Lord and not have a relationship with God. And you guys know what I mean by the difference of that. There's a lot of people that will claim, I grew up in church, or I know the books of the Bible, or I went to that church all these years, or whatever, because he is saying through all of this, I am a Hebrew, I fear the Lord God of heaven, and he talked about all these different things. Just because you have a knowledge of God does not mean you have a relationship with God. 
And, and I think that that's important to understand because he could, you could walk in and say, I'm a Christian. Okay, okay, that, does, that doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. Uh, how, just because you have a spiritual title, he was a prophet of God, doesn't mean you are where you should be with God. Just because you have been in church for a year does not mean you have a relationship with God. And, and sometimes when you ask people about their walk with God, they'll tell you about how long they've been in church. And so I, I think that there's been people that have, will claim all these things and they have a dead spiritual life. They have a dead prayer life. They go through the motions. They show up for church. They show up for, to do their jobs at church, but nothing happens in their heart. And, and I, I, I think that this was what God was doing. And maybe even before he got into this, because God wasn't, a lot, not a lot was happening. If you've ever followed the story of Jonah, not, he was kind of in, in limbo for a little bit. And maybe this was God getting rid of the apathy and dealing with all these different things. But I, this is what I want to point out because it's the, the change. This is the transition. He hit bottom. He's like the prodigal son. God got his attention and got, Jonah restored his relationship. And I know we say that all the time, and that's the point. Just because you, you have a knowledge of God doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. And we tell the lost all the time, it's not about religion. It's, it's about a relationship with God. Well, is it that way with us? I love how he prayed through this. God, I'm stuck. I've gotten away. I need you. This is different than just saying, I need you to fix this. Because a lot of times in our prayers, we're asking God to get us out of the situation, not change our hearts. If you want to know you're where you should be spiritually or that God's truly working in your life, it's when you have a point of surrender where you're asking God not to be, to, for God to change your heart, not just be your band-aid. Jonah refocused his attention. He said, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. He said in chapter 2, verse 4, Lord, I've gotten away. Watch this. Yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. Now, just get the, the thinking of this. In that point of the misery, he's like, Lord, I've gotten away. I admit that I've gotten away. But what is repentance? Who can tell me? It's a turning. It's a change of direction. Notice what he says. And I will look again towards thy holy temple. Lord, I... This is it. Lord, I messed up, but I'm going to seek you. I am, I am not where I should be, and God, I've made a mess of this, but I, promise, I can promise you this. This is what God was waiting for. Put your eyes back on God, to put your focus back on God. And it doesn't have to be you running from God in this way, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of things in our lives that will take our focus and attention off God. There's a lot of things. And I just, I, we, we have to be so cautious uh, the age in which we live, that there is just a world of distractions around, uh, around us. There just is. And we, we run with our jobs and sports and schedules and social media and our calendars are full. But he, the prayer that he said, I will look again to thy holy temple. Why did he say again? Who can tell me? Why would he say again? Because it's not the first time. He goes, I know where I've been and I know when it's been good and I know when you blessed that I'm not there and I want to be there. I, I, I think sometimes we can, like I was talking about on Sunday, we can, we can lose that passion. And, and, and sometimes we, God will call to our minds and remind us of, remember when you used to get excited? Remember when you would want to share your testimony? Remember when you would always have somebody that you were telling and sharing Jesus with? And then God calls to our minds like that. You can have that again, like the Revelation says about going back to your first love. He restored his relationship with God. He refocused attention. I'm going to look back. Lord, put me back there where I was. He renewed his mind. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayers came into the into that holy temple. Spiritual warfare is of the mind. If you remember, we started this. Jonah 
was not even in Nineveh. It's not even like, I tried and it failed, whatever. He ran from Nineveh without even trying. You say, what was it? He's just, he's no different than us. We build up in our minds, it's not going to work. They're not going to listen. I'm going to get there. I'm going to fall on my face. They don't care about God. I know that. And this whole thing begins to go crazy in your mind. I, I, I can vouch for this. Man, I, I had a horrible day today. I'll tell you guys, I had a horrible day today. Um, Logan spent the whole day in the emergency room. And they were running CT tests on him to see what was going on because he's been having weird pains. And um, they, did, they did blood work and they did CTs and they did x-rays and they did an EKG on him. And, you know, when, you, when your kid has aggressive cancer wrapped around his heart and he's having chest pains in the middle of the night... It's never a good thing. And so I'm trying to go throughout my day today, like just like in my, my brain and my heart was just in a thousand different directions. And, and I'm not there in Cleveland right now. I'm not there. And it's so hard. And I'm telling you, your brain, and I, I kept asking Jenny, what was his A and C? Because we, we've had, anyway, some issues with that and just escalated numbers that shouldn't have been there and all these different things happening. And then with, when your son has chest pains and all this, and then they said that it could be a blood clot, and they, you know, all these different things. But I'm telling you, sit in my office today, was, your brain just goes crazy. Your brain can be a battlefield of things that are not even true or happening, but Satan will tell you the what ifs and the maybes and all that other stuff. And I can tell you guys, it's true with your kids, it's true with your family, it's true with the economy. You know, it's, that's why I think one of the worst things that we can possibly do. Uh, in life is watch the news. They, they have to tell you something bad. That's their job. And if it's not something bad, they're going to try to exaggerate it to make it sound bad. Because if they don't have a headline, they don't have a job. So they've, they've, got, they've got to create this. But man, then we get so sucked into it uh, of the news and who, what's happening and what's coming down the pike and all this other stuff. And then it just consumes our mind and our thinking. Jonah had the problem because his mind was not right. He thought these things and he just went in. He said, my soul fainted within me and I remembered the Lord. Do you know what remember the Lord is? And, and I'm telling you, this is so a vital thing. And God says, yes, 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 Jonah, that is it. I, it instead of just saying it with his words, because on the ship, he was like, I serve the Lord, the he, God of the Hebrews. He made the sun, moon, and star. And he says all that stuff. He made the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all this. And he's it's saying all these things. But he says, within me, I remembered the Lord. Wait a minute. I serve the living God. I serve the God that made a fish big enough to swallow a dude. You know, like, he's thinking this. I have nothing to fear. God is faithful. God is good. God is forgiving. When you, when you refocus your mind, when you renew your mind, your heart, your direction, your actions will change. Church will be different because you're focusing on the goodness of God and how awesome he is rather than what's wrong and what's not working out. Next thing, Jonah removed the idols. And, and, and I know this sounds weird to say, but this is what it was. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. That, that, that translation there is they that trust in idols or vanities or things of this world. They forsake their mercy. He's literally admitting to God, there was other things that I put before you and God, I'm sorry for it. And it doesn't have to be like you're worshiping a golden image or something that you made up. It could just be that you ran after your job or life or anything like that. 
but to forsake or turn in the opposite direction is what he's talking about. So if, if you feel stuck, there's one more thing that I want you to see. And, and this, this is so important. So, and Jonah spake unto the fish and it vomited him out of the, upon the dry land. And we're like, man, that's awesome. That's the second time. And he was and so miserable and so happy simultaneously. In one moment, he went from one extreme to the next. But verse nine tells us how important this is of, of this last aspect. But I will sacrifice unto thee with my voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that uh, that, that I avowed, salvation is of the Lord. At the end of it, Jonah just surrendered his life. And, and I don't know what this completely looked like, but I know it was something like, Lord, just whatever you want, whatever you want. I'm, I'm going to turn my heart and my mind back to this. Lord, I'm yours. I will pay my vow. Salvation is the Lord. I sacrifice unto thee. This is it. And I, and I think that that is the prayer that God wants from, I, I, not I think, I know that is, that that's the prayer that God's looking for us. It's just like, Lord, whatever you want. I've made a mess. You're the only one that can fix this. Lord, I want this. And, and the Lord spake unto the fish, and he vomited him out of Jonah. Does anybody just click with you how disgusting that is? I mean, just, I, I have this title. When I was a youth pastor, I preached this message. What to do when you feel like puke. That was my title. It was, <laughs> and that, that, was the, that was exactly what was going on. It's like this. He, like, he literally was in this thrown up on the shore. And, but how, what an amazing moment in his life to think like, wow, God's not done with me. And so many people, and I, I'm sure you guys have heard people in the past that have debated this. Has anybody ever seen any of that? It's physically impossible, blah, 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 all these different things. And just so you guys know, I agree with them. I agree with all this. They're right. It is impossible. But I serve the God that does the impossible. So that's what they leave out of it. It's just like it is impossible to walk around a wall and watch it fall. It's impossible to throw a rock and drop a giant. It's impossible to stand and come against the Red Sea and watch it split. It's impossible for cancer to be killed by on your heart for radiation. It's just like all these different things. But God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. That's what he does. He always works that way. So God gets the glory for this. And so I wish I would have put it in your notes again, but I didn't. So use your imagination. Does anybody remember uh, where he started and he was going to Nineveh? Or he was going to Joppa. Uh, he was going all the way out of the way. Does anybody remember where Nineveh was? Nineveh was up this way. And then God, God literally used this fish to put him back on track. It's not like, you know, because it could have been like, did you learn your lesson? That's great. Now you've got a thousand miles to walk. You know, like, God didn't do that. That's just the mercy of God. God, God just put him like, he probably came out and people could smell him coming. But, you know, walking up to people and like, what's going on? And he's like, uh, I, I, I need to go to Nineveh. And he goes, oh, you're almost there. It's right there. It's like, so God, had, that's the, the, the God of grace and mercy. It's just a wonderful thing.